Tell me who hath believed, hath believed our report, and to whom is it revealed, the mighty arm of the Lord. Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson. I'd like you to join me in the ministers of music from Water of Life Church here in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. At the age of 37, Mary John had just moved to Nashville. She became a well-known songwriter. She wrote over 400 country songs, many of them hitting the charts. She worked with the stars of country music, Charlie Pride, Patsy Cline, Glenn Campbell, Patty Page, Mel Tillis. But at 53, she had all the money, all the fame, and all the success that anyone could want. But she was addicted to alcohol She had attempted suicide more than once. She was at the end of her rope. She drove to a little church and went to talk to the young pastor. The pastor saw her drive up in her midnight blue Cadillac. She was wearing a full-length mink coat covered with sparkling jewelry and cowboy boots. She told him that she had all kinds of troubles. He responded, Well, you don't look like you have any financial problems. She said no. He said, you don't look like you have any health problems. She said, no. He then told her something that she said was kind of funny, but that it worked. He asked her, have you ever considered thanking God for your problems? She left, and then in her own words, she said, when I reached the house, I found it was empty, and I was glad. I sat down at the piano, and I began to play and sing out loud the entire chorus to one day at a time. That's all I'm asking from you. Just give me the strength to do every day what I have to do. It just dropped into my heart. And when I had finished singing, my Nashville mind said, that's a hit. That was the first thing that popped into my head. I then recognized that the song was a prayer. And I got some relief. I wrote the chorus on the back of an envelope as fast as I could write. And she continues, And then I continued to sing, Do you remember when you walked among men? Well, Jesus, you know, if you're looking below, it's worse now than then. I wasn't quite sure that the Lord knew where I was. I never quit believing in him, but I was in Nashville and God was in heaven and never the twain shall meet. I really didn't know if God actually knew where I was. I realized that some don't believe that, but that's where I was at the time. She had finished the song except for the beginning stanza. She just didn't like it. So she called a friend of hers that was in town, Chris Christofferson. She had the song beginning with, I'm just a mortal. But Chris looked at it and said to her, why not say, I'm only human, I'm just a man. She remarked that that's what it needed. The song went on to be the number one song on several charts, and it has been recorded by over 600 people. Mary John Wilkins herself went on to become a gospel music writer like she always thought she was to be, and she did four Christian albums on her own. The first, which includes this song, One Day at a Time, the album was called I Have Returned, her way of saying that she had returned to God. Here is that song, One Day at a Time, ministered by Terry Brown, her son David providing the music. What? A beautiful prayer.
I'm only human. I'm just a woman. Help me believe in what I can be and all that I am. Show me the stairway. I have to climb. Lord, for my sake, teach me to take one day at a time. One day at a time, sweet Jesus. That's all I'm asking from you. Give me the strength to do everything that I have to do. Yesterday's gone, sweet Jesus, and tomorrow may never be mine. Help me today, show me the way, one day at a time. Do you remember when you walked among men? Jesus, you know when you're looking below, it's worse now than then. Cheating and stealing. me to take one day at a time. One day at a time, sweet Jesus, that's all I'm asking from you. Give me the strength to do every day what I have to do. Help me today, show me the way, one day at a time. One day at a time, sweet Jesus, that's all I'm asking from you. Give me the strength to do every day what you have me do. Yesterday's gone, sweet Jesus, and tomorrow may never be mine. Help me today, show me the way, one day at a time. Help me today, show me your way, one day at a time. There was a time I needed money to pay some bills and I didn't have it. I was in the sign business then. It was a Friday afternoon and the bills needed to be paid on Monday and there was no work in sight. 
no money to pay the bills. But I was looking to God, trusting in the gospel. Late that afternoon, I got a phone call. It was a large leading sign company in the area. They had an urgent job that they needed to accomplish by Monday. They were working on creating some fiberglass figures for a restaurant chain that was to open in the area on Monday. And the president of that company made a last-minute decision to paint the figures to get a certain look. The job required skills that no one in their sign company could do. To get that look, those figures had to be airbrushed. They told me they had contacted a gentleman in Central Texas to do the job. I recognized his name. He was an expert. But he was not able to do the job, and he gave them my name. You know, I knew of the artist, but I didn't know that he knew anything about me or even that I had the skills that this place needed. But they were desperate. I knew it was God. I told them that I would help them on two conditions, that they had to deliver the figures to me, and that they had, to bring, they had to bring a check for the full amount. And I promised that I'd have them ready on Sunday. They were glad to oblige. The figures were about six feet tall. There were about four of them, I remember, and I had to work all weekend. But I got them done, and I sent them back to the company on Sunday, ready for Monday morning. They were ecstatic. The figures looked great, and I had the money I needed. You know what the funny part was? I got my money. I paid my bills. But just a couple weeks later, the restaurant decided they decided to paint the figures back to all one color. So all the work I did was in, in their eyes in vain. But do you think that hurt my feelings? Oh, no. God set that whole thing up just so that I would have money to pay my bills. Now, what brought me the job? And what supplied the money to pay the bills? What did it was believing the gospel. Now, do you want to know that power? Do you want to know Jesus like others know him? Do you want to know Jesus like I know him? Do you want to know a Jesus that will answer you, that will help you? Well, then you ask, what is the first thing that we need to do? Do you know that question has been asked and it's answered in the Word of God? Let's go to Acts 16. I'm going to begin in verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas, they were in prison. They had been beaten and put in prison for preaching the gospel. Verse 26, And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands was loosed. And the keeper of the prison, waking out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. And then he called for light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. Why? Because he had just seen the earthquake. He had just seen the power of God loose everyone from their bands. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, here's the question. What must I do to be saved? They just saw the power of God work for Paul and Silas. So he comes to him and he falls at his feet and he says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And what was their answer? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Now, how did they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? The answer's in the next line. And they spoke unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. All through Acts. The word of the Lord is associated with preaching the gospel. 
You know, Jesus himself said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. So what does that mean? What does being born again mean? What does being saved mean? What does receiving Jesus mean? What happens to you when you're born again? What's that got to do with the gospel? Let's go to John 1. I'm going to start in verse 10. And this is talking about Jesus. And he was in the world and the world was made by him. Did you know that Jesus created the earth? That Jesus created the heavens? It states that in Hebrews 2.10 and Colossians 1.16-18. We're not going to stay there right now, but we're going to go on. But you can look those verses up. Jesus is the one that created the world. Now, he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Verse 11, he came into his own, and his own received him not. But Look at verse 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to those that believe on his name. Let's take a look at that verse again. But as many as received him. What does it mean to receive Jesus? Well, we know that his own didn't receive him. But what does it mean to receive Jesus? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 1 through 4 again. Because here we find out what we need to do to receive Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15, 1. This is Paul speaking. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also you have received. So we see here in verse 1 that Paul preached the gospel. He declared unto them the gospel. He said, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also you have received. So Paul preached it, but they had to receive it. And what was it they received? The gospel. Now, what is the gospel? If you go on, the definition is right here, which also you have received and wherein you stand. Verse two, by which also you are saved. Now here is another word we've heard. We hear about being born again. We hear about receiving Jesus. We hear about being saved. Well, right here, it talks about receiving Jesus. And now it talks about that gospel by which you are saved. If. If, did you know there's an if in being born again, receiving Jesus and being saved? If you keep in memory, Paul says you must keep in memory what I preach to you unless you have believed in vain. Do you know that you can actually be saved and it be in vain? How? By not keeping it in memory, not keeping it, not trusting in it, not believing in it. Keep on verse three, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. That is the definition of the gospel, that Jesus died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. That's what Paul preached. That's what they had to receive. That's what we receive. Let's go back to John 1 again. And I'm going to begin in verse 12. But as many as received him. And now we know what receiving him means. Receiving him means to believe the gospel. To believe what he did for us. That he died for us. That he was buried for us. That he rose again for us. 
So for as many as received him, to them gave he power, the word is authority, to become the sons of God. To become the sons of God. Do you see that word becomes? Means it's a process. That we are not instantly perfect when we believe Jesus. It is a process to become a son of God. But look at the next part. Even to them that believe on his name. What does it mean to believe on the name of Jesus? Where did he get that name? Well, just like we went to 1 Corinthians 15 to understand receiving Jesus, we're going to go to Philippians to understand what it means to believe on his name. I'm going to go to Philippians 2. I'm going to begin in verse 6. This is talking about the Lord Jesus. Who? Jesus. Being in the form of God. And this is what Jesus was in heaven before he came to the earth. Being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Verse 7, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. You see there, he gave up being equal with God, and he became a man like us. And verse 8, and being found in fashion as a man, Finding himself as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Jesus humbled himself and became obedient, did what the Father wanted him to do, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And what happened to Jesus because he became obedient and died on the cross Because he went to the death on the cross. Verse 9. Wherefore God also has highly exalted him. And given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. How did Jesus get that name that every knee has to bow to? He got it by going to the cross, by being obedient to the Father and going to the cross. That's how he got the name that is above every name. So let's go back again to John 1. Verse 12, But as many as received him, and we saw that means to believe the gospel, to trust in the gospel. So as many as received him, him, to them gave he power, ability to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, the name that is above every name because he was obedient to the death of the cross and he was raised again. Now look what happens when you receive him, when you trust in that gospel, when you believe on the name of Jesus. What happens with that? The next verse, 13, which were born. Do you see when you trust that gospel, when you believe that gospel and what it did, that you become born. You become born again. And look if we go on, which were born Not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man. But what are they born? 
They're born of God. When you believe that gospel, when you believe what it did for you, you become born again. You become born of God. You receive Jesus. You are saved. Now what happens when you are saved? What do you get? What do you get when you receive Jesus? It's in 1 Corinthians six seventeen. The answers are always in the word of God. If you will ask, the answers are there. 1 Corinthians six seventeen. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. When you receive Jesus, when you are born again, born of God, you receive the spirit of Jesus. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Your spirit and his spirit become one. You know that word join means to stick like glue. When you receive Jesus and you trust in him, when you believe him in him, you stick to him like glue. You become one spirit. Let's go to one more scripture. Romans 8, and I'm going to begin in verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now look at this next part. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Do you see this verse is talking about two spirits? He's talking about the Holy Spirit and he's talking about the spirit of Christ, the spirit of Jesus. Did you know there were two spirits? Do you know when you're born again, you receive the spirit of Christ? We just read that in 1 Corinthians 6. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. You receive the spirit of Jesus when you're born again. And then if we go on, and if Christ be in you, that's the spirit of Christ. If Christ be in you, the spirit of Jesus, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Why? Because your spirit is one with Jesus. And then verse 11, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. That is the Holy Spirit. That is a separate experience. That is being baptized in the Holy Spirit. But we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about receiving the Spirit of Christ. That is what you get when you are born again, when you are born of God. And like I said before, how? How do you do that? We go right back to what we read about in Acts when the the guard asks, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And they spoke to him the word of God. What does it say in Romans 10? I'm going to begin in verse 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. And thou shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Do you see you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead? What happens? Thou shalt be saved. You've received Jesus. And like it says in John 1 and like Jesus said to Nicodemus, you are born again. That is what happens. That is what happens to a man that is born again. You are born again. 
You want to walk with Jesus. What do you do? Do you know the word of God states that it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom? So how do you get the kingdom? You read the word of God out loud daily. Romans 10, 17 states, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if you look at that passage, it is talking about the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That's what you read out loud. You'll find that death, burial, and resurrection in the Psalms, in the New Testament, and Isaiah 52 and 53. Read them out loud so they minister to your heart. Then you pray. You talk to Jesus in your heavenly Father. Seek to be led by the Holy Spirit. You know, God communicates with you during worship and praise. Then you meditate on the gospel. You meditate on that death, burial, and resurrection. You get the revelation of it in your heart, what Jesus did for you. And then you fast according to Isaiah 58, 6. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. I would like to close with the song, Oh, My Heart Will Rejoice, written and ministered here by the Hurley Brothers. Carl, Kevin, and Denny. Oh, my heart will rejoice. I will make a joyful noise. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. For whom the Son has set free is free indeed. This is the victory that overcomes the world. I give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good to me. He's my fortress in the midst of my enemy. And by the Spirit of Christ that now lives in me, I can stand against the storm and calm the raging sea. Oh, my heart will rejoice, I will make a joyful noise, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. For whom the Son has set free, is free indeed, this is the victory that overcomes the world. I give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good to me. He's my fortress in the midst of my enemy. And by the Spirit of Christ that now lives in me, I can stand against the storm and calm the raging sea. Oh, my heart will rejoice. I will make a joyful noise. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. For whom the Son has set free is free indeed. This is the victory that overcomes the world. I give thanks unto the Lord for He is good to me. He's my fortress in the midst of my enemy. And by the Spirit of Christ 
that now lives in me. I can stand against the storm and calm the raging sea. And by the Spirit of Christ that now lives in me, I can stand against the storm and calm the raging sea. Thank you for joining me and the musicians from Water of Life Church. I would love to hear from you. You may reach me by email at Kathy, K-A-T-H-I-E, at Kathy Davidson, W-O-L dot com, or you may write me at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, P.O. Box 861327, Plano, Texas, 75086. You may find me on the Internet at www.kathydavidsonwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.